This is the Profit and Loss Podcast presented by Pathstone Enterprise Center. We're a weekly dive into the minds of entrepreneurs and small business owners. We ask them what keeps them up at night and more importantly, what gets them up in the morning. Join us every episode for conversations with real business owners as they share their successes, failures, and lessons learned. And now, let's get to this week's episode. Nicole Overcamp is a financial planner and retirement planning specialist. She's also the founder and CEO of Wilcox Financial Planning Group, LLC, which is a boutique financial planning firm in Williamsville, New York. She's been in the financial services industry for more than 10 years, and her firm offers fee-based financial planning, asset management, and insurance products. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, guys. My pleasure. This was wonderful. So I I'm getting ready to buy a house. Uh, my, my better half and I are looking at buying a house. And so this whole financial planning aspect and everything is something I'm very into right now. How did you get into this and why did you make this your career? Well, I, uh, I got into it by accident. <laughs> I was working as an assistant for a financial advisor when I was in college and I thought I wanted to be a lawyer and uh, long and behold, that wasn't my calling. So I, uh, when I got in, accepted into the UB school, he, um, the guy that I was working for was kind of like a grandfather type and he you know, pulled me aside and he's like, Nicole, how how are you going to afford this? Because I was working at the time, three jobs were paying off my undergrad (laughs) loans. And, you know, he's like, I just don't know how you're going to swing law school, supporting yourself. And then your starting salary isn't going to cover your overhead with with what you wanted to do, because I really wanted to get into like social work. And so he's like, why don't you do this? And so I literally gave it 10 seconds of thought. And I was like, I love helping people. I love the numbers and business side of things. So sure, I'll be a financial advisor. And like, that was the conversation. (laughs) And so I ended up um, getting licensed and studying for my MBA, like all within the same year, because at that time, and now this is going back to 2008, like everybody had to have a master's, Mm -hmm. like whether it made sense or not, that was the thing to do, right? So I ended up just getting my MBA and getting licensed and starting as a financial advisor, like right out of the gate and just fell in love with it, fell in love with the idea around it and really um, dug in and and that's all that's all she wrote. So so why not, you know, just uh, as we as we work with entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. we're always asking them, why are you doing this? Why are you yeah. going out on your own? So yeah. that's my question. You, why not go work for uh, another firm? Why would you go out on your own? So for me, I, I started at another firm, actually, a, a, a fairly large firm, and I didn't go out on my own until 2012. And so in my reason for doing that is I was working crazy hours, you know, easily putting in 80 hour weeks, 100 hour weeks sometimes. And I was really restricted from doing what I wanted to do the more I learned about the business. And they owned my book, they owned my clients, even though I was the one doing 100% of the work, paying for the cost of the overhead. And, and really, they were a sales organization. um, And there, it was extremely competitive. And where I wanted the business to go was more on the the holistic, comprehensive 
fee-based financial planning side of things. And that just wasn't in their wheelhouse. And so I, I decided, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now. I was 24 and I had no responsibilities. And so um, if I was going to fail big, I'd might as well fail big young. <laughs> I can still pivot. So, um, so that's what I did. Um, you know, and I kind of, and it was immature the way I did it for sure. Like, you know, I'm not proud of my, like, uh, very all of the sudden, I hate you stomping my feet. I resign type of exit strategy, but, um, that's what happened nevertheless. <laughs> and so I, uh, and I, and I actually, I, when I left where, where I was, I didn't know I wanted to start my own firm. I interviewed at, every different place. And I just got the same icky feeling everywhere I interviewed and, and the feeling wasn't right. And so I, that's when I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do this, if I'm good enough to do this, cause I definitely questioned that too, right? Like, am I good enough? Should I just work at a bank? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I mean, all of those questions of self doubt went through my head uh, a million times and and what changed that is I had just one client call, just one. And she was like, wherever you go, I'm sticking with you. You changed my life. And, and having that conversation was the juice that I needed to give me the strength to, to do that, right? To, to say, all right, you know what, if, if there's anything that I can bet on, I know it's me and, and I, I will never fail myself. Right. So, um, and, and I made a lot less money my first year being, on my own versus working for the bank. But I think when you're an entrepreneur and, and you're obsessed with the idea of what you're creating in the long game, in the future impact, the compensation can't matter, right? It comes and, and I, I'm a big believer that like if you're doing what you love uh, and you have the right guidance, the money will always follow, right? And, and there's always those first few years where you just have to get a little scrappy. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. no one is going to start a business and like all of a sudden be profitable overnight. I mean, that's just not realistic. And so I, I definitely caught a lot of uh, grief for that, you know, and um, why are you making it so hard on yourself and you're not making any money and you're going to fail? I heard you're going to fail about 1000 times. And, um, you know, and it was just like being super bullheaded and just believing in in the vision and kind of like not listening to anyone else knowing that one day I'll be able to make as much as I want and not be capped. Right. And that's the problem with being an employee is you can't do that. Right. You can't write your own ticket. Yeah, that's, that sounds great. I, I think in entrepreneurship, it seems like there's a very uh, thin line between being realistic, right, with with kind of these, the, the options, like you said, kind of almost having to go for things, and being tenacious, like some, some people are, I know we've heard this in other interviews, some people are, are maybe a little bit um, over optimistic. But I think being an entrepreneur, like, that's part of of the reality, right? Like you, you still have to look at your numbers, still understand, is this eventually, like you said, in the long run, is it going to benefit you? Or are you kind of just daydreaming, right? So but it sounds like it's clearly gone as you expected, or at least, you know, maybe not as, as you expected, but it's gone very well, right? Because I, I don't know if anyone can really expect what the journey is going to be like, uh, when you're an entrepreneur. Yeah, that 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 is very true. Uh, you know, and I think 
to be totally transparent, if I knew what was going to happen, I never would have done it, right? <laughs> like I, I would have never made that decision. And so I think sometimes not knowing what it's going to take is almost a blessing in disguise. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I, I didn't know how hard it was going to be. I knew I was good at my craft, right? right? I knew I was really good at what I did, but I didn't know how to be a business owner. Mm -hmm. And that was the learning curve, you know, and, and fortunately, I, I had a lot saved. So I knew um, I could go out there, give it my all and not need to worry about making uh, much money for a year, right? Mm -hmm. So I did have that security blanket that reduced, I think, the stress of being homeless. A little bit. <laughs> um, but uh, so, so that was fortunate, you know, in terms of the, my ability to save while I, I was working for, for as an employee, but I really just got my um, butt handed to me in terms of what it meant to brand, what it mm -hmm. meant to have a niche market and how you talk about yourself and confidence and, and just all of those business basic things that I essentially took for granted when you work for an employer and you've mm -hmm. got business in a box, right? right? Sure. Um, and so lear that learning curve, I, I don't know how much, I, I'm sure I could have asked more questions and, and maybe uh, got a mentor, which I, that was my biggest regret of not doing that sooner. But a lot of it, you know, you, you kind of have to learn those hard lessons as you go. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and and I think the fortunate people or the lucky ones are the ones who do hire business coaches early on to, to help through that. And, and I just didn't because I didn't know I could. You right. Know? Um, and so I, I made a, a lot of mistakes, but they were also uh, tremendous lessons and good data for what not to do. <laughs> you know, I learned a, I learned a lot of that. And, um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I think you, being on your own and being an entrepreneur, you're taking that calculated risk too. to know that failing is is going to happen. And you have to accept that. Right. Definitely. Yeah, I think there's huge uh, imposter syndrome that I think kind of goes over a lot of entrepreneurs. And I think it's something that you have to work on continuously, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's never going to necessarily yeah. just go away. But I think if like you said, if you are doing the work that you feel like you were meant to do, I think slowly, it starts to kind of take a backseat because you start to see the actual things that are coming to fruition, right? You start to see these clients that you're helping. And that was the purpose to begin with, right? So yeah, that's, that's my two cents on that. But I <laughs> Hey guys, Jahida here. I hope you're enjoying this episode with Nicole Overcamp. It is April. And what does that mean? Financial Literacy Month. So while we are ending, that doesn't mean your knowledge of financial literacy or your education has to stop here. So here are a couple news articles that we found that could help you out. An op-ed article from CNBC points out why financial literacy matters in an economic crisis like the pandemic. A new survey from the National Endowment for Financial Education finds that nearly 9 in 10 Americans say the COVID-19 crisis is causing stress on their personal finances. 54% say they're worried about not having enough saved, while almost half are worried about their ability to pay bills. One of the key points to take away from this article is that while financial literacy cannot predict or remedy a crisis, 
financial education will play a pivotal role in the economic recovery of our country. So I hope you're paying attention to this episode with Nicole Overcamp. Make sure you're taking notes. You won't be sorry you did. And it just wouldn't make sense that we would have this episode without trying to provide some kind of tips, right? So entrepreneur.com provides five finance tips for first-time entrepreneurs. Obviously, being an entrepreneur is difficult enough as it is. So here are five finance tips they're providing to avoid missteps on your entrepreneurial journey. One, boost and maintain your credit score. You know this is something we always talk about here at Pathstone Enterprise Center. Two, use personal funds efficiently. Three, develop a budget. Four, create an emergency fund. This is something a lot of people struggle with. And five, know the tax regulations. For more information and details in these articles, check out the show notes. And now, a quick Pathstone Enterprise Center announcement from Adam. Pathstone Enterprise Center is a CDFI. We are a community development financial institution. Here's what that means. We work with small business owners and entrepreneurs, and we make their businesses better. We focus on two things, credit readiness and business preparedness. And how do we do that? Two ways. One, we help get you financed. That's the big one. If you're a small business owner or an entrepreneur and your business needs financing, let's talk. We can start as small as $5,000, and we can go up to $250,000 in our funding. To learn more about Pathstone Enterprise Center, you can find us online at theenterprisecenterinc.org, or you can email us at pecky at pathstone.org, which is P-E-C-I at pathstone.org, or give us a call today at 585-340-3300. Again, that's 585-340-3300. Zero, zero. Nicole, I heard the other day somebody say, an entrepreneur said that you, you never see an aha moment until it's in the rearview mirror. So you don't really know you're having an aha moment or a, an, oh, I've made it moment until it's passed and you can kind of look back at it behind you. Did you have a moment that you can look back at now and go, oh, that's when I kind of made it. That's when I kind of settled into this and I I felt like uh, a success because we've talked about imposter syndrome. Was there a moment where you were kind of like, hey, I know what I'm doing and I'm running a a business here. This is kind of cool. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think sometimes as a business owner, you've got your nose to the grindstone 24-7 and oftentimes we fail to give ourselves grace or see what we've created or take a look at that. And and that's happened to me uh, a few times. And the first was we were at an event and someone had come up to me and they knew who I was and what I did. And uh, they were like, wow, like, I can't believe what you've built. You're an inspiration to me. I'm getting licensed and you're, you're just so successful. How did you do it? And, and I took them minute and I was like I am you know (laughs) and uh and it was and that's happened now you know many times and and it's it's just the the coolest thing it it, it, for a a number of reasons you know one it's like man I've worked so hard for this it feels so great and but what feels better is that I'm inspiring and empowering other women to get into this business and do the hard things, right. And, and follow that. And, and to me, that's, that's amazing. And, and then I, I just had a very real moment, um, 
and it's going to make me cry. Uh, just the, like the other night, I just bought my own office building and that's been a huge goal of mine uh, to do this before I was 35. I don't know. I'm competitive. I put a number on everything. And so, um, I, I bought this building and we've just been grinding it out, working, you know, renovating it, working on all the things that need to be done. And, and we're moving in this weekend. And I was there the other night with my husband and, you know, looking around and knowing that I, I bought it, I paid for it. Um, and that's where my business was going to be for, it is going to be for the next 30 years and to have people to fill it. It just was like, holy cow. Like I did it, you know, I did it. I made it. I didn't fail. (laughs) I'm still here. Um, and it, it, it's just like this surreal dream moment where you, you have this like feeling of overwhelm and gratitude and it, it's really, it's, it's the best feeling to know like what you're creating, what you've worked so hard for, like what everybody said was going to happen, didn't happen. And what you knew in your heart was going to happen did. Right. Does right. that make yeah. sense? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Yeah, congrats. Uh, by the way. Yeah, congrats. <laughs> that is a Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 huge for for anyone, especially for a businesswoman. You know what I mean? Like to say like I own yeah. this building because I know many businesses, you know, lease their location, which is, you know, very typical. But yeah, no, super congratulations. That is that's huge. Thank you. Yeah, Nicole. it's Sorry, I think there's a little bit of a lag. Uh, Nicole, you both touched on something here, kind of the, you know, being a woman in business, being a, a woman entrepreneur. And I think even something that's rare or that is becoming less rare, which is great, is seeing women in the financial sector, mm-hmm. especially in financial planning. And then not just uh, women doing that, but also women doing that for other women. I've seen just in the last month or two, uh, several women who are in this space and really making it their mission to educate women on, on being financially secure, taking control of their finances. Can you, can you speak a little bit to that? And, you know, uh, feel free to get on your soapbox as much as you want. <laughs> sure. Um, so, so first, yeah, when I started, there was one other uh, woman in as an advisor out of, I think a hundred, you know, and, and then slowly one more came and then maybe there were four of us and three ended up lasting, you know? Um, and, and so I think in part, it's a very old white man's industry. And from the day I started, I didn't fit in, you know, there was that consistent double standard. There was the, you should buy glasses to look smarter. Nobody's going to believe you're smart with blonde hair. I mean, you know, all of those things, plus the like, ungodly amounts of sexual harassment that at the time I was so naive, I didn't even know it was wrong, you know, until looking back and it's like, Oh, I guess that shouldn't have happened, you know? Um, And and so, you know, those lessons and and then too, you know, life experiences, I've been through so much um, at a young age and, and even um, the way I was treated as a woman, not taken seriously, not paid what I was worth. I didn't know how to ask 
to get paid mm-hmm. for what I was worth because I didn't believe I was worth anything because um, mm-hmm. nobody told me I was right. And so right. so from from that to um, when I'm with my husband, the you know, the men talk to him, they don't talk to me, even though I am the one who's the professional, um, you know, in, in the <laughs> financial industry, like um, mm-hmm. to going through an experience, um, you know, the year I turned 30, I was in a, a really tragic accident with my husband and had to deal with everything um, that I didn't know how to deal with, right? I had to be his legal guardian. He um, he needed 24-7 care for a very long period of time. And I had to all of a sudden take over his businesses, our household bills and and everything. And, you know, I'm a financial advisor, uh, but my job is to work and to do the business. His job was to take care of the house, right? And so I, I went through all of these things and I was like, holy cow, like I, I don't want anyone, right, any one woman to feel the way that I felt or to deal with what I dealt with. And, and in part two and wanting to work with women and to empower them was also how I grew up. You know, I, I grew mm-hmm. up with uh, a single mom. And she didn't have the tools to know what she was worth either, right? And she always mm-hmm. needed a man to help her take care of us. And mm-hmm. um, and she did, and she, you know, she did a great job. But for me, I was like, I I don't ever want to be in a position where someone I need to depend on someone else either. And I I um, don't want again another woman to feel that way. You know, my mom wasn't happy for years, but she made that sacrifice to make sure that we were okay, right? Um, she was in relationship she didn't want to be in, but she stayed in for us. And and again, you know, if she had someone to show her how to own her financial future, how to take control, how to, you know, ask for a raise. I, I mean, my goodness, like we we could have been in, in a world of a different space and, and how many women out there, you know, she she worked at the same job for 30 years and never once got a raise because she never thought she could, you know. And so, and I think looking at that, it it just built so much fuel to say, like, I can do better, we can do better. And I'm such a believer too, of taking action versus talking. And I, I think if if for anybody who knows me well knows that anyone who says there's a a wage gap between women and men and the statistics, and they keep telling me like rhetorical information, like, (laughs) it is nails on the chalkboard to me, you know, do something about about it. And, and that's what my like literal life mission is, is to do something about it to empower women to know that they're good enough, they're worth it, they're strong enough, they, they can ask for more money and how to navigate that and also then how to control it when you have it, right? Because the more women that can own their finances and be confident in that and know where to put their money, know how to invest it and how to ask the questions, the more not only confident are are they going to be in making decisions, the more happier they're going to be, the less anxiety that we're going to see. And I I truly believe the more impact that we're going to make overall in this world, because women are the caretakers, women are the ones who donate the most to nonprofit organizations, you know, and and getting more women in power too, I think is is going to create such a a terrific leadership shift, right? And, And you'd be surprised as to the links between confidence in the workplace and confidence and knowing your worth and asking for um, that next level 
and having your personal finances together, right? They're, they're so related in knowing those numbers. And, and if women understand how much money it takes to earn to get what they want and what fulfills them, they have all that more confidence to ask for it, right? Does that make sense? So um, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just so cool. And, and I wanted to create a space where women could come to us and, and feel comfortable and not feel like they're going to get judged to feel heard and they don't have to worry about feeling ashamed of where they are either you know and um whether they are a business owner or not and and i think that's so that's so important because there aren't enough spaces like that you know that i believe that do exist right so so i i probably um ranted a little bit that was my soapbox um, but I could talk about it forever yeah it's good to hear you say that right so like I think sometimes when we when we see these successful people we think right out of the package it was everything was great right but then in these interviews we we definitely start to hear some of of the backstory right like like you're saying you know this is this is how you grew up the sacrifices that your mother made and this in part is like why you're so passionate about making this this shift within all women so that they can kind of understand their value and and just speak up like they they deserve what they deserve and Mm -hmm. they need to know it so that they can you know I don't even want to say ask for it, but take what they deserve, right? And because it is Financial Literacy Month, I guess my one question to you would be for a lot of these women that grew up having almost a scarcity mindset, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of living paycheck to paycheck, what's something that that they should know when they're talking about or or considering even um, speaking to to someone like you, someone within your field? Um, Are there any you know, kind of main points to, to really, to really hit on. Sure. So I think the, the first is to not to be afraid to invest in yourself and ask for help. Um, and oftentimes women will think they're not ready yet or they'll do it later or they don't prioritize it or they don't have enough. Right. Or, you know, mm-hmm. it's always that that when I get to this or I'll do it when and I can't stress enough how important it is to start as soon as possible, regardless of where you are in life, your age, how much you're earning, um, because the sooner that you start and in, in take that investment in yourself and in, in talking to someone, whether it's with us or anybody, um, is the sooner that you can start to pivot and make an impact and, and really understand how to maximize the dollars that you do have or how mm-hmm. to earn more and how to make your money make money, whether it's with investing or, or, or being an entrepreneur, or having a side hustle, whatever it may be. I mean, you know, the, the options are endless and, and we are limitless in what we can achieve. It's just having that guidance, direction and, and unbiased information, I think. And and often too, you know, in, in having that scarcity mindset, sometimes some, some women will just like hoard cash and be terrified to part with it. Um, mm-hmm. And that can hurt too, right? Because uh, if you're, you're sitting on cash and you're not using it, right, and you have way too much, it's also that it's losing its value over time. And, and you're hurting mm-hmm. yourself there. You're missing out on opportunity and 
and, and again, women are less likely to take risk than men, right? Statistically. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's another important thing to know is, is cash is great. Savings is great. But if it's losing value over time, it's, it's just getting the education to understand how you can make these power moves, right? How you can, mm-hmm. can really start taking control so that you can ultimately make your life easier, right? Work smarter, right. not harder concept. And, and that mm-hmm. goes for your, your money just as well as, as anything else, right? I think it's a great piece of advice and a great way to end this, uh, this episode. Nicole, thank you so much. If people want to get a hold of you or Wilcox Financial Group, how can they do that? The best way is to just go right to our website. It's wilcoxfinancialgroup.com. And there is a link right on our homepage uh, for a discovery call as well as all of our contact information. And um, they can also follow us on Instagram at powherhousemoney.com <laughs> or no instagram doesn't have a dot com <laughs> just powherhousemoney <laughs> <laughs> awesome we will make sure to get the links to all that in the show notes awesome. nicole overcamp thank you so so much this was wonderful uh we look forward to talking to you uh, real soon thank you so thank much. You so much nicole thank you guys All right, that's a wrap for this episode with Nicole Overcamp. I hope you're all as excited for financial planning as I am. Ladies, specifically for you, there's going to be a link in the show notes. There's an event that Nicole Overcamp is going to be hosting on June 1st. Learn key steps on how to level up your business and become the powerhouse you're made for. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week as we interview a veteran and global resilience advocate, Duncan Kirkwood. If you're looking to become more purpose-driven, resilient, and face adversity while thriving, this is going to be an episode you don't want to miss. See you then.